see so many of you out, and I know that you're dying to get home. For some of you, tonight is your Christmas, so you have, you have uh, treats underneath the tree waiting for you. If you don't have treats, then you have treats on the stove waiting for you. <laughs> I think I've had more than enough treats to last me all the way to New Year's. I don't think I should indulge, but then it's Christmas, so you have to. Um, but I do want to uh, remind you of two things. First of all, that we have our New Year's Eve celebration coming in one week from today. And it is always fun to be here. We start at 8 o'clock, and we just we eat, and we have fun, and we laugh, and then we eat, and we have fun, and then we laugh, and we just do that all night long. And uh, our theme is the 50s, so you got to come out dressed like the 50s. You don't know what it's like. Look at um, Happy Days. Look at uh, uh, Grease. Yeah, Grease. Look at Grease if you need to rent the movie. Or just ask somebody. It's not that hard, but we really want everybody to come. And, and come 50 out. If you're 50, then it's all the more fun. Um, but uh, we really want everybody to come out. And we're, we're going to have a, a lot of food and a lot of fun. We're going to have karaoke. And invite your friends. Invite your unsaved friends. Because, you know, a lot of them, they don't want to go out because it's crazy. You never know what's going to happen out there. This is a safe place. You come and you just bring your family, and we just have a lot of, lot of fun. So just come out um, next Wednesday for our New Year's Eve celebration. And then we're celebrating our beginning of our new year with Morris Chapman. And he is a worship minister before the Lord and has been for over 40 years. He is awesome, and we are going to worship in the new year. So I pray that you're, you plan to be with us on Sunday, the first Sunday, January 4th of the new year. Amen? Those of you who have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read one scripture. And I know you're all in a hurry. You're like, hurry, hurry, hurry. Tamales are waiting. Pozole is waiting. Menudo's waiting. <laughs> Pasteles. Oh, whoever has pasteles, kick down. <laughs> I haven't had any this Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read one scripture, verse 6. And it says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Turn around to your neighbor and say, he's supposed to be your Prince of Peace. Is he? Go ahead and have a seat. You know, I was, I was uh, praying about what to share today because all of you, you come prepared. Oh, this is... Christmas, I, I already know what the message is going to be about. It's going to be about Jesus coming as a baby. And you already have it all figured out. You already know already. Some, sometimes we come to church and go, oh, I already know. I already know. Well, prayerfully, you'll be able to listen with your heart and not with your mind. And I was, as I was worshiping uh, tonight, I looked up, and on this Christmas wreath, it says one word, peace. And... I think every year when Christmas rolls around, life can become anything but peaceful. It's chaotic. It's stressful. Sometimes it's just downright 
rude. We're pressured to buy gifts. We're pressured to put up the decorations, put up the lights. We're pressured to have food. We're pressured to visit family. And the list goes on and on and on. And there seems to be no end to the pressures of finding Christmas. And unfortunately, everybody here has a different idea of what Christmas is all about. For the businesses that are in the malls or they're selling stuff, Christmas means ka-ching, sales. For children, what does Christmas mean? Presents. And adults, too. For some, it means family time. And for others, they're just like, I'm out of school. That's all I care about. Christmas means I don't got to go back to school. And for some of you, Christmas means you get a day off from work. You got to sleep in late. That's what Christmas means to different people. But the sad part is, is that there's many, many Christians who don't seem to have the peace that Christmas is supposed to bring. The best sellers on Christian bookshelves seem to be all about anxiety and fear and frustration and even depression for Christians. If we would look at the truth surrounding Christmas, then I think we can find a little bit of what was supposed to be found this time of year, and that's peace. Life has always been and will always continue to be a struggle. And our Christmas gift of peace is what we really need today in our life. 2,000 years ago, the angels sang the birth of Jesus Christ, and they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace goodwill toward men. That was the first thing that they said about Jesus, that because he came to earth, we're supposed to have peace. Why are we struggling so much in our life? That's the last thing that we have. And that's the first thing that he was supposed to bring into our life is peace. This is really crucial. This is really important because if you don't have Christ in your life, you will not have peace. That's the bottom line. Peace is the gift that restores our spirit to God. And it gives us hope. Without peace, you don't have any hope. Without peace, you're struggling. Without peace, you're wondering, am I going to be the next one laid off? Am I going to be the next one that's going to be cut? What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen to my house? What's going to happen to my mortgage? And you're struggling because you have no peace. The shepherds heard the angels saying that peace was available on earth. I wonder how many of those shepherds said, that's what I want. I wonder how many of you today are saying, that's what I need in my life. But on whom does Christ's peace come to? It says the peace of God comes all to the outcasts. It comes to disciples. It comes to foreigners. It comes to anybody who wants to receive God's grace and say, I want it. His peace is available to every single one of us. When there's peace, that's where God is. Spiritual peace is when we're delivered from sin. Those of you who have accepted Christ into your life, the day that you accepted Christ, it was like an anchor being lifted off your shoulder. It was like you just lost that fast, 50 pounds, quick. 
When you came and you cried out to God, you got up and you felt like you just lost weight, that you just gained a whole new perspective, that your eyes were clear, that your heart was clear. Everything got clear because the peace of God came into your life. Spiritual peace is when we're delivered from sin. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. See, the peace that he's talking about is having a peace in your conscience. How many of us can't go to sleep at night because of all the things that our mind is reminding us of? You know, you did this. You did that. You said that. You know you shouldn't have done this. Nobody knows about this, and your mind is just going and going and going. But when you have the peace of Christ, it gives you a conscience that just goes to sleep. Doesn't give you those nightmares. Doesn't wake you up in the middle of the night. It gives you peace. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. If you don't know Christ today, I'm going to ask you at the end of this to have your mind sprinkled with his blood, that you'll have a clear conscience, that you won't walk around with a heart that is heavy because of no peace in your life. The peace that Jesus spoke of was a combination of hope and trust and a quietness that's in our mind and in our spirit. You know what it's like when you're not right with God? It's like, have you ever had two magnets come together and when they're the same, positive and positive and negative and negative, they don't, they don't uh, click. They don't bond together. They don't, they just, they, they kind of like, they keep on. You know, whenever you, this is you and this is God, and you come together, and every time you come together, there's like a, no, it just doesn't click. It just doesn't bond. But when you come to Christ with a willingness and an emptiness and say, God, I need you. I need your peace. All of a sudden, you come together and bam. That's what that scripture means that we have been made right in God's sight, that enmity has been broken, that we're no longer separate from him. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. Peace comes through God. It doesn't come through anything else. And some of you, you've tried everything. You've tried men. You've tried women. You've tried pornography. You've tried heroin. You've tried meth. You've tried cheating, you've tried lying, you've tried stealing, you've tried it. And you still don't have peace in your life. You know why? Because it was Christ that you were looking for. You were trying to find it through an imitation. And that imitation will never, ever give you the peace that you're looking for. The peace of God is something that the world doesn't even know about. The peace that was given to us in Isaiah where it says that he is a prince of peace. In the Hebrew language, that word peace, we all know that word. It means shalom. But shalom means more than just peace. It means safe. It means well. It means happy. It means friendly. And so that's what the scripture is saying. He's saying he's going to be a peaceful pe uh, prince. He's going to bring 
happiness, friendliness, safety, security into our life. And as a prince of peace, he's also going to bring some health to our souls that are sick. He's going to give us a sound and healthy relationship between us and God. The word for peace in the Greek means erone, and it means to join together. When you have God's peace in your life, you're joined together with him. You feel it. That's why when Jesus brought the world, was brought into the world as our Savior, the angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace. He's the prince of peace. You know that peace is powerful? Peace can have you in the middle of a dilemma, in the middle of a tragedy, and you're cool. You're just cool because it's the peace of God. The peace of Christmas is not, does not mean that you're not going to have trouble. Some of you are going to go to your families tonight. Some of you are going to go to visit your families tomorrow. You might have a little bit of trouble. You might see somebody you haven't talked to in a year or two or five or knowing Latinos, ten. <laughs> Sometimes Latinos can be a little stubborn. It's like, what's well, their fault? It doesn't matter whose fault it is this Christmas. Let the peace of God come into your heart and say, you know what? Accept it. Accept the, the responsibility and say, you know what? It was my fault. Even if it wasn't your fault, who cares? What matters is that there's peace. There is peace. Just say, you know what? It was my fault. It was my fault. So, but what if they, they tell everybody that I said it was my fault? And? And? What's the worst thing that could, they could say? The worst thing? That you humbled yourself. Wow. That's pretty heavy. That you humbled yourself and you admitted that you made a mistake. Sometimes we want to stand on our pride and we don't, we don't let peace come into our life because it's not my fault. Husbands and wives, they can't even celebrate Christmas today in a joy because there's an argument going on and nobody wants to give up and say, it was my fault. It's your fault. Your fault, we don't have this. Your fault, we didn't get that. Your fault, we didn't get to the mall on time. Your fault, we didn't, you know, and it goes on and on and on. But peace will rule your heart when peace rules your mind. I've given this illustration before about Horatio Spafford. And he was a businessman in Chicago. And he sent his wife and his three daughters to Europe by ship while he stood back in the States. And he was going to join them a little bit later on. And while they were en route to Europe by ship, there was a terrible storm and a shipwreck took place. And all three of his daughters drowned. And Mrs. Spafford, she lived. And she sent a wire to her husband. And all she said was, all of our daughters have been lost. Only I have been saved. And so Mr. Spafford took the next ship out. And as he came near to the place where his daughters drowned, the captain of the ship pointed to that place. This is where the ship went down with your daughters. And it was there, right at that spot, on the deck of the ship, 
that the father took out a piece of paper and he wrote these words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He had peace. He had just had three of his daughters. His only three daughters were now no longer here on earth. And yet the peace was still in his home. The peace of God is a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. The peace at Christmas is supposed to help us to be at peace with ourselves, at peace with our past, at peace with our present, and at peace with others. See, Christmas is a time of healing. And I know that there's a lot of people who don't go to family functions at Christmas because they don't want to see that person. They don't want to deal with that issue. But Christmas is a time of healing. That's why Christ came on earth, to bring healing. There was a young soldier who was going off to fight in World War II against the Japanese. And during World War II, only those who were alive then could understand the animosity that Americans had toward the Japanese because they had bombed Pearl Harbor. And there was a man, when he put his son on the train and he waved goodbye, he turned with bitter tears and he said, if my son is killed, I hope every Japanese in the world is killed too. A year later, his son was killed. And after that, he received $10,000 in insurance money. But during that year, he was able to invite Christ into his heart. He was able to have peace in his life. And he got that $10,000 and he sent it to a Southern Baptist Foreign Mission Board and he designated it for missions to the Japanese. He had made peace with his soul, peace with his maker, peace with his attitude. He didn't have to retaliate. He didn't have to be angry anymore. He let it go. And then lastly, we are the product of peace. Several years ago, there was a submarine that was tested, and it had to stay underneath the ocean for several hours. And when it returned back to the harbor, the captain was asked, how did you, how were you affected by that terrible storm last night? How did you feel what was happening on the submarine? And the captain looked at him and he said, what storm? I didn't feel a storm. We didn't even know there was one. The submarine had been so deep that it did not experience what was going on on the top. And the ocean had been whipped back and forth by waves and winds. But where they were, they were so deep it didn't even bother them. And that, I believe, is the perfect picture of a peace at Christmas. When you're so deep in Christ that it doesn't matter what's going on on top. It doesn't matter who said what, who's looking at you the crooked way, who's eyeballing you, who's not, who, did, who bought you a present, who didn't buy you a present, who gave, who didn't. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you get so deep in Christ that those things just don't matter. You can have the waves crashing 
of worry, of fear, of heartbreak. But they won't affect you when you're deep in Christ. That's why Paul says the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this is the last illustration. In Chicken Soup for the Soul, if you ever read that book, Dan Millman tells the story of a little girl named Sachi. And when she was four years old, her baby brother was born. And little Sachi began to ask her parents, leave me alone with my little brother. But they were worried. As any parent knows, you can't leave an older kid with a new baby. Most four-year-olds would be a little jealous, and they may want to hit them or shake them. So they kept on saying, no, no, it's okay. No, 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 you can't. You can't be by yourself. But they kept on watching Sashi with her little brother, and she was never showing signs of jealousy. So they changed their minds, and they decided to let Sachi have a private time with her little brother. Sachi was so excited. She went into the baby's room and she shut the door. But then the parents went in there and opened it up because they wanted to know what she was going to say. And what they saw was little Sachi. She walked in and she got her little brother's face and she got real close to her little brother and she whispered to him, Baby, tell me what God feels like. I'm starting to forget. That's what Christmas is all about. It's a time where we need to snuggle up to God real close to be able to feel the peace of God once again. It's a time to be reminded of God's presence it's a time to let go of all the things that have kept us so far away from God. So this Christmas, I'm going to ask you to look deep inside. And if you've let worry or anger or stress or frustration take your peace, then tonight, before you leave this place, we're going to ask God to replace all of that with his peace that passes all understanding. Let's celebrate Christmas the way that it's supposed to be celebrated, with his peace. Stand with me tonight. His peace. And as your eyes are closed, I want you to think about your life tonight and think about where you're at. how you've been living your life. Have you let worry, stress, frustration, animosity, hurt, anger? Take that peace. I think tonight I'm going to ask that if there's anyone here where you just need to be like little Sachi. You need to just get close and say, I want to remember what it feels like. I've forgotten what it feels like to feel your peace, God. I've let so many things get in the way. I need to feel your peace before I celebrate Christmas, before I go visit family, 
before I do anything during these holidays, I need to feel your peace. And if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, then you need to let God come in and change your heart and bring peace into your life. And if you don't know Christ and you'd like to welcome him into your heart today, would you just raise your hand? I'd like to pray with you. Just raise your hand and then put it down. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else?